0: plushcare.com slash weight loss You are now in June to the chat and shit podcast Guess what guess what this is a podcast and it's called chat
1: shit boy welcome here he is h-u-g-o ah that's me how you doing good man
2: good full of energy ready to go
1: oh god uh, the ambassador for unicef yeah
2: yeah yeah call me that a lot of people call me that (laughs) well look what i'm wearing nando
1: shirt Ambassador for Nando's, yeah. Wow. I'm. I'm you
2: out what they call me? The
1: people that wow. work there? A Nandocker. Nice. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What does... Well, it just means you work behind the tills. I don't. Obviously, they sent this for me. But yeah, shout out Nando's, man.
2: But if you did work at Nando's, would you work on the grill or at the till? Um,
1: you know, me, man, I like throwing it down in the kitchen, but not when it's for other people. So I'd work on the till.
2: That's the answer I wanted. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I'd I'd do the drink refilling.
1: Um, do you know, I'll be front of house, just stepping in as they're chewing. Is everything all right?
2: Yeah. 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 I'll
1: tell you someone that doesn't work at Nando's. Go on. Our guest. Yep. Today's guest is someone very special. Someone with an ear more tuned than most to seeking out the finest in musical notes. Hmm. Someone whose eclectic musical taste has helped educate the feeble listeners' ears. Feed He's me. been dubbed as the most connected man in the UK music industry by GQ. And our generation's answer to Jarl Peterson by me. A DJ slash producer who holds the greatest mystery known to man. What does the B in his name really stand for?
3: Benji B. <laughs>
1: what are
3: you saying, man? I'm happy to be here. Yeah, man. I c- I always think with 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 you that. I don't know whether I'm starstruck by the actors or the characters. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, like, you go I, I, both if you want.
3: Thanks, thanks. I have both. I have both. <laughs> yeah. I remember, I know, I remember being at Best Um, I don't know, five years ago, yeah. six years ago, something like that. And going backstage, it was probably raining. I think it was raining. I remember Yeah. Yeah. And I remember seeing you for the first time in, in IRL. Yeah. And um, and it's funny, isn't it? Because your relationship with people that you've spent a lot of time with on series, like if you go and watch a film and you come out of a film, yeah. you think, oh, it's Joe Pesci. Or you think, oh, it's yeah, yeah. Rob, you know what I mean? You don't think it's Ford. that character. But if you watch The Wire or you watch like a, a series, then, then you kind of... I remember the first time I saw Idris Elba yeah. in real life. And it was sort of pre-Idris Elba, you know... Knowing him from anything other than yeah, the white, yeah, 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 exactly. And and it was in the, it was actually in the in the in the toilets. At, <laughs> sounds dodgy. It was in the toilets at one extra. I remember I was washing my hands. I looked up and he was washing his hands in the but in the basin next to. And I was like, string, stringer, yeah, 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 it's, st- yeah, yeah. it's string a bell. And, yeah. and he looked at me and then he l- l- cackled and then answered in his like London accent, which blew my head off because I'd never Bro, heard him talk. Yeah, yeah, not a string a bell, and so. You know, you get so attached to characters, don't you? But anyway, that yeah, was, no, it's that true. was yeah. an abstract start to um, our chat. But I just, it's the same with you. It's like that thing that you have with is like, is Larry David Larry from Curb or is he Larry <laughs> from, Yeah, do you know what I mean? Or, is yeah. it,
2: or The Office or something
3: yeah. like that. Yeah. I just yeah.
2: assume Larry David is like that in real life. But I mean... Yeah, me too. I, I
3: think yeah. he's written something that's basically about who he'd like to be every day yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah, For yeah the person
3: yeah. that he is inside but what he really wants to it's, say it's when what's he's in it. his
2: mind yeah i yeah. think it's yeah, all yeah. who we'd all like to be a little bit yes yeah 100 yeah, yeah what a g you know
1: what um i remember meeting you that time that was in a we were in um they had those weird sort of shipping containers where everyone chilled in when it's raining and just like the little green room sort of area at Bestival, wasn't it like a yeah. uh, weird fucking red yeah i remember man and, Jammer was waved and, yeah,
3: it was a crazy, yeah, yeah, weird, yeah. weird place. I just yeah. had a really weird DJ set because my USB corrupted on the way in. It was funny. Oh, really? Yeah, no, that was a good one, that one. I, I remember I had a <clears> – <throat> I got this uh, this driver that was driving me at the time and he had his car that had like a – he had a converter that you could plug your laptop into. Do you know right. what I mean? So instead yeah. of being able to charge your phone, you could charge your laptop so you could sort your set out on the way. Right. Um, that's sick. Obviously, uh, best of all – you know, Isle of Wight and all that. Mission. And I remember the whole, yeah, mission. I mean, mission. Mm. But anyway, yeah. so I spent the whole trip preparing a whole new thing, new set, da da da, from scratch, and allowed that amount of time. And right as we pulled to the stage, there was one tiny little speed bump outside the actual tent. And we just went over it. And it said, you know, when you get that little thing on your Mac that says, oh, your USB's not been ejected correctly oh, or whatever. Man, yeah. And I was like, mine, you know, minor, that, you get yeah. that all the time, it's no yeah. big deal. Anyway, took it out and it said, "Oh, your device may be corrupted." How many times have you ignored that message? Like,
1: yeah, standard, <laughs> pull out game strong.
3: Yeah. Well, I thought, <laughs> <laughs> but I, needless to say, I walked in, and it was a de- My club nights called Deviation. We did a Deviation Takeover yeah. of this um, tent, and um, it was. I was playing either uh, I think after or before I'd booked Ben UFO and Joy Orbison, who are both mm. like wow. sick DJs, right? Like proper, and they were playing back to back. And they were smashing it, and I had to step up after them. I remember, and I put both USBs in both CDJs, and both of them were like no data or whatever, you know, empty shit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> in front of that thing,
3: it's a horrible feeling. And then, and then you scramble for something that has folders like Notting Hill Carnival 2014, or whatever. do you know what I mean? Or just you, you, suddenly you're doing a
1: Soaker set.
3: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just remember, and I remember. It was one of them classic ones, I'm sure you know, from when you either do live shows or whatever, where you know it was whack, kind yeah. of. It wasn't very good, but everyone comes up to you and says, oh, I had a great time. So maybe yeah. it was good in the end. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, but yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember coming in to, the reason I'm telling you that story is because I remember coming into the backstage feeling a little bit like, mm. You know, that yeah. feeling when you're just like, oh, that was that was not good in front, you know, at that peak time set. And then I
2: saw you lot and my yeah. mood lifted. So there you go.
1: Amazing. Oh, that's sick, man. Yeah, yeah
2: we, we had it once where we were testing out a new bit of equipment. And um, basically the laptop kept crashing every oh, five man. minutes and we had no backup. And you could literally hear the Apple startup sound on the speakers <laughs> in the club. Oh, was that <clears> one <throat> that yeah, it was horrible. Oh,
1: that's where I basically I horrible. was wrecked, and I sort of turned David Brent, and someone said something to Karen. Who said that? And it was complete <laughs> silence. No, when
2: you're shit. Yeah. And then you went, who said that?
1: <laughs> who the fuck said that? <laughs> the worst thing you could say?
2: Oh, it was horrible, man.
1: And then ask him, and then we, we gave asked him the mic, and we were like, just do some like stand up or something. He's like, I've never done stand up. And he was just like, how you doing, Wales? You all right? <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking painful, Amazing. man. Amazing.
0: Horrible. Yeah. Ask, ask. If you don't ask, boy, boy, boy. You, don't get, you, don't get, you don't get. Ask. ask, ask, ask.
1: Benji, um, obviously, it feels like we're in a different stage uh, of a sort of locked down UK, but... How have you been finding it? And what what have you been doing to pass your time? You, you, were you able to just carry on working the whole way through doing your your shows and stuff like that? Yeah, I like mean, from home or whatever?
3: The, the answer is like, yes, like I haven't stopped working. But obviously, as a DJ, like my entire DJ schedule, income, yeah. like whatever, completely gone as it has for all of us. And it's a really interesting switch around you know what i mean because it's gone from like that very complacent spoiled position of kind of where am i this friday oh amsterdam and then yeah. rotterdam or yeah. you know <laughs> and then, yeah, yeah. or manchester and then leeds or yeah. miami then new york or whatever. you know what i mean yeah. and you kind of like that life of the airport being your home your second home in a way you know you see seeing the airport more than anywhere else and obviously that's you know, that's not something to sniff at, but it's also not that glamorous a lot of the time, as you yeah, well know. Yeah, of course, yeah. So it's been really interesting to me because actually it's the first time I've spent this much time in one place probably since I was a kid. And also definitely the longest I've spent in my hometown since being an adult, for sure. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So So I've been in London since first week of March and I just left for the first time last week, which for me is just like Mad. a new it's weird yeah. and a new feeling but also amazing because i probably haven't had a body clock since about 1998
1: <laughs> that's what i'm saying though yeah man that's important <laughs> isn't it like yeah
3: it's 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 weird having a body clock and
1: like and, and do you feel like it's helped um i don't know if you even noticed this when you're when everything's sort of 100 miles an hour and you're doing so many things but have you noticed that it's sort of uh i don't know maybe your mental health is a little bit clearer now kind of thing or you've had time to reflect on things a bit more or maybe that doesn't well, I affect think the you. mental
3: health thing is actually kind of been affected in the other direction right. by just the monotony of the same right. space and the yeah. isolation because yeah. where I'm talking to you from now I'm very blessed to have this space it's my studio in London mm. and I come here every day so to answer your question um I I'm definitely not one of those people that's like, yeah, yeah. So I've um I've been learning Japanese, and um, I'm taking <laughs> up the guitar, and yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, you know, you know, you talk to those people, don't you? Yeah. And all power, all power to them. Yeah. But yeah, I'm a yeah, bit yeah. jealous, to be honest, yeah. because it's definitely I'd, not. I'd, like I'd, how, how, how yeah. is the answer? In a way, I think the intensity of doing the show solo here, mm. you know, has has been a kind of. A helpful anchor in terms of like schedule and stuff but, as, yeah. but the, the meaning of it is kind of amplified isn't it yeah it's hard to think back to the beginning of lockdown but it almost felt like wartime was yeah proper 100 percent yeah you know what i mean yeah. yeah it was fucking surreal man yeah and and at that time i got made a key worker or whatever yeah. you know so yeah. so, it was, so yeah. it was it was almost like not that you'd ever get stopped or anything, but if I did, I could be like, well, actually, I've got to... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm <laughs> actually, say, I'm, I'm on my way to do some <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've got to go and play some um, very rare 12 inches on the radio. <laughs> yeah, it's very yeah, important. Yeah, yeah. Um, but in all seriousness, that period was mad because I felt like I was the only person in London. It was weirdly enjoyable in a kind yeah, of yeah. weird way. Yeah. yeah, But yeah, so to answer your question, no, it's been jam-packed, busy year. Yeah. I definitely spent a lot of time trying to make the radio good for people that needed it to be yeah. good. Do you know what I mean? yeah 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 and then and then you have to turn around at a certain point and go okay i need so i just took a week off yeah for the first time since january so i've just been going straight as you know because we've been trying to do this podcast yeah, for, for months yeah yeah and so sorry about that yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's cool
1: that's a good problem to have benji mate hey guys it's ron here coming back at you like cleopatra um trying out a new um catchphrase but um yeah I uh, hope y'all guys enjoy the podcast and remember all the links will be down at the bottom all the recos down at the bottom and I hope y'all enjoy them apart from the times where you've had, you've had to be you know going down to the studio and stuff like that um you know we we all are still at home more than we would be so have you got yeah. any recommendations uh films TV music reading oh man you know now you're asking
3: <laughs> yeah yeah there's <laughs> loads um I just watched Don't Judge Me. I watched a program on Sky One. Mm. First time I've done it. Yeah. But I watched Brave New World because they advertised it so much to me that I gave in and watched it. And basically, I watched it because I have to say that the reason I said Don't Judge Me is not because it was Sky One, it was because it wasn't actually that good. Right, right, right. <laughs> in terms of, so the disclaimer here is that from a kind of, you know, acting or the way it's made or this, what do you call it? The, um script the screenwriting from all of those angles i'm not saying rush to watch it but from (laughs) a concept from a concept angle i find that stuff really interesting yeah because it's basically an adaptation of brave new world the book but it's based in new london which is london after an apocalypse or a pandemic or whatever right so something's come along and changed london and it's like the society that springs up after that and and to live in the new society The basis of it is that you have to be happy all the time and in order to do that they give you this soma drug which is like this kind of like mood leveling drug that they take so anytime they feel anything or anytime they feel anything other than just sort of like sedated they click one of these right Right, And, and it's like a big part but the analogy is that that for me that soma drug was basically instagram yeah or yeah, the yeah, iPhone yeah, yeah, yeah. or whatever do you know what I mean yeah. and there were loads of other sort of mad ideas in it that were really interesting yeah yeah. it was basically like not as good as Westworld but a similar a similar vibe if you like Westworld yeah. which I loved yeah I like oh, I Westworld season series. 3 was season 2 and 3 whatever season 1 great yeah
2: season 1 was sick I watched that I
3: don't know why I gave up because like, it wasn't I'm... good
2: mate
0: because it descended into <laughs> yeah,
3: I sense it it descended into a sort of shoot him up basically okay. whereas the first one was kind of like I don't know the first one for, as a concept so here's my take on Westworld and no spoilers for anyone that hasn't watched it where well, it kind of is um is the hosts are us right yeah so so Westworld sh- should we go into this much detail or did you, you just wanted me to say watch Westworld didn't you Alan, <laughs> you just want he hasn't you seen want, it. You don't. You didn't want a breakdown of the show. You were just like, "Yeah, so what are your recommendations?" And I'm like, "Well, <laughs> no, should we no, do no, a synopsis, no, 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 uh, episode no, no, by episode? It, that would be yeah. really interesting."
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh God, um, he's, he's going into the synopsis again. What's he doing? <laughs> I think I've had
3: too much coffee. <laughs> No, nah, that's sick, Note man. To self, so, you when I do what? a podcast next time, get the tech sorted. And I, don't I ain't
1: seen it, call. but all these boys always talk about it. I know Hugo. You said you loved really it. As well. Asim loved it yeah, as well. Yeah, really so I need to check it. Definitely, man.
3: I mean, if you know, the, it's a good time to revisit the classics. If you've never oh, seen The Wire, sure. yeah, you know The Wire is basically like the king Bruh. of all of those shows ever, in my opinion. I don't
1: even. I don't even want to say it. Yeah. I've watched the Wire. I loved the Wire, but I watched only the first series. I got to the second series. This is about seven years ago. I was a lot younger. Yeah, I know and, what you're going to say already. Yeah, and it wasn't. It was all political. I wanted the gangster shit. Obviously, I was too no, young. That's the it.
3: whole point. That's the whole point. Yeah, is that I know. Season two is supposed to be tough. I You've know. Got to get through it, yeah. season two is when it goes to the docks, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's I gave up it moves on
1: season. No, nah, but oh, listen man. to this, bruv. I, I was listening. This is what inspired me. I was listening to Action Bronson on a podcast today. And he was like, and he basically described me. He "Your people wanted to be all gangster and shit." He goes, "That's the political shit." <laughs> he's, he's like, "He's like, where do you think all that shit comes from? The ports."
3: And I was like, listening to it, like,
1: "Fuck, yeah, no, no he's right, man. Fuck, I got to get, so I'm, I'm getting back on it from tomorrow." Well,
3: man. I'm, I'm actually jealous at the idea that you're watching it for the first time. Yeah. I wish I could watch it through your eyes and brain for the yeah. first time. You know
1: what? I'll watch it as well. Because um, should we do it together, Hugo? Uh, on you know Tune? what?
3: You know what? I don't know how much. When do you like binge it or do you do like bits and pieces? I normally, normally binge do it. two. I probably do two, two three,
1: or four or something. Yeah. All
3: right. Well, I might, I might join you, but I, I'd have to start from season one because I haven't seen it in like ten years.
1: I think I'd have to do that as well, bro, because I'd want yeah, to yeah. bring
3: myself back to that level. Yeah, for sure. It's amazing, and also I think, if I remember right, I think that some of the actors were. Amateur, like as in yeah, just yeah, yeah. people. They're, They're really I, from I, Baltimore,
2: aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah,
3: hundred yeah. percent. And and some of it was improvised. And I oh. mean, it's it's um the way I remember it is as a masterpiece. Yeah, 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 you know what I mean. Like five seasons, and that goes back to the very first thing we we're talking about today, which is that. I'm so attached to who those characters were. I still don't accept those actors as other people. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah exactly. <laughs> and a
2: lot of them have have gone on to be superstars, like Idris Elba yeah. and um, the Omar, nut.
1: the bread at Omar. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in Omar my mind, he's Dmx. And, um... Yeah, yeah. In my mind, he's like when I read Dmx's book. Yeah, I
2: was like, this DMX. is
1: basically
3: Omar. Yeah, he was supposed to play Odb in the um yeah in the biopic. I don't know what happened with that. Yeah, but I heard he, that. he that'd be amazing. Yeah, but if you haven't seen Boardwalk Empire. Oh, and yeah. I've seen
1: that as well. That was amazing. Yeah, seen man. That. He yeah, plays yeah.
3: Chalky in that, which is and Steve Buscemi's amazing in that. Amazing. Boardwalk Empire is amazing because all of these things that we're talking about are linked by the fact that they are about real things. Yeah. You know, The Wire is obviously inspired by real life in yeah. Baltimore, yeah. um, in a certain era. And Boardwalk Empire, I learned so much about. I never knew about Atlantic City and oh, the twenties and prohibition yeah. and all that. And. All of those um, gangsters in that, like Rothstein and all those people, they're well, all real Stephen, names that you Stephen can Google. Stephen Graham and look up. playing
1: Al Capone and shit. How yeah, was that? <laughs> yeah,
3: that was amazing.
1: Amazing performance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that was really good. I also in lockdown, I went full Sopranos. Man, I basically I watched up to series three, maybe eight wow. years no, ago. No, that's a
3: commitment. And then, then they like. Yeah.
1: series or something oh yeah 100% and some of them are quite slow as well some of the episodes yeah. are quite slow but it definitely amazing.
2: requires and, patience that I didn't yeah. have when I was younger I well, I finished it lockdown as well wow and, that um, is, that's that's yeah. a lot to get through. Uh, but I had
1: I, I was going through like bit that like first time in my life where I had like anxiety and shit when I when I first watched it maybe like 10 years ago and so I had to stop because when he started getting the panic attacks and I was watching it it's yeah. making me feel weird and shit so like now I'm older and you know, I understand myself a bit more and I, I revisited it and yeah, amazing man.
3: But didn't it didn't you find some sort of like reassurance in the fact that even Tony Soprano? Yeah, of course, yeah, hundred percent like,
1: yeah. I'm basically Tony Soprano. Yeah.
3: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, on a dark one, yeah, I go. say dark, this is my opinion. That Rupert Murdoch shit, did you watch? Oh
1: fucking no. hell, yeah, man. Yeah, <sighs> no, yeah. I didn't
3: Fucked. mate. I don't want to bring the vibe down, but like the the three three part thing about mm. um the Murdoch dynasty, that's that yeah. was deep recently. I watched that. I'd watch that. Have you seen Succession? It's so perfect that you asked me that now because that Murdoch thing makes you wanna watch exactly. it because you realise exactly. that it is just straight up about that. Like yeah. not it's not kind of Based on no, that. No, it's no, about no. that. Yeah, Are you watch the social dilemma yet?
2: On yeah,
1: sick. no nah, man, not yet. It's on the list. I,
2: I deleted everything off my phone for three days <laughs> and then put it back Come on. <laughs> exactly. Which which reminds me when you said books, yeah.
3: book I've just finished is um a book called Digital Minimalism. Right. Um, which is about how to do what you just said, or how to find your place in it. Like it's yeah. not a question of let's all get Nokia's and like yeah yeah throw the you know which is something I tried yeah you know, I tried that I was like go back to
2: the Nokia like it I yeah. googled simple phones with just email on and there isn't one Benji
1: you went too far and tried to shove it up your ass like a trapper innit? it <laughs> <laughs> if I can get it up my ass then I won't use it maybe I won't use it yeah no but you know what? I do that every but... day I don't shove my phone up my ass, but I delete Instagram uh, and and check it maybe twice a day you know and I wish but then I wish I could just I wish I could carry on with that and maybe check it out. Like, I just turned week, all user notifications
2: for off apart from Oh yeah, fuck that. i got no notifications that's That's on. stage one,
3: definitely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But that book was good. Um, I reread Natives, Akala, but I did it as an audio yeah, book. Because I... I read it before and obviously it's amazing and he's amazing. But then I got into Audible and I like ordering the books that are re- read by the person that wrote them. Because with Audible, it's like yeah. the voice can really piss you off. It can really throw – I can't even listen to some of them. You know what I mean? It's like it's got to yeah. be right. But hearing him reading Natives, yeah. I just listened to him and I got through the book so quickly because it felt it, – it, it's the right intonation. It's it's yeah. like uh, it just doubles the meaning when I can hear him reading his own – words natives is wicked everyone listening should read that yeah
1: it's, it's, I've, I've got that book um i ordered it a few months ago but i'm just getting through other books but i might do the same thing and i've done it i've done it with um the beastie boys book
3: i haven't read that i haven't read that right, well, I'm, that's I'm the same um... thing
1: it's got an uh, audio version where it's written uh read by them oh, obviously minus mca but uh read by them but also yeah. all their celebrity mates that were part of it so you have got like little bits from like you know Ben Stiller or whatever, like like little bits reading. It's sick, man. They've done that really well. Um,
3: there's a lot, a lot, a lot of reading going on this year, which is which has been great. That's good. Man. I've got into the audiobook wave. I like it. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah for sure. Big got Audible.
1: That's no, for real. His We've face. just done another series of Audible. His face it? is so funny. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah I yeah. was
3: I was definitely an endorsement.
1: Yeah, face.
2: Yeah, yeah. Big up Audible, man. I'm yeah. going to get my garage turned into a studio. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Keep that in.
3: Um this
1: is where we just simply ask, ask and ask away. Right, Benji, um let's take it yeah. back, man. Where where did everything start for you? Like obviously it started with I guess just as simple as that like you just started DJing, right? Back in the day. Yeah. So, so talk us through that, man. Like, what was your first, uh, the first music you fell in love with? What, what sort of made you who you were back then? And, and kind oh of, wow, yeah, I mean, I, I
3: fell in love with music from day one. Really, I was just obsessed with music, even when I was a baby. When I was a kid, did you have a um, musical but, family? Yeah, my dad is had an amazing musical collection and is a musician, so. I grew up with music being a very, you know, so I owe him a lot. And both my mum and dad supported music from day one. They weren't like the type of people that thought that that was just a hobby or something. Yeah. They were like, yeah. you know, they supported creativity and stuff. So I'm very blessed. Oh, that's really you know? good. I'm I'm very grateful to them for that. Um, but I fell in love with records in my early teens, I reckon. Yeah. Before that, I was in love with music, yeah. you know, buying cassettes. That's how old I am. Yes. same man same um, what was your first tape uh i don't know what the first one was but the tapes that got rinsed the most were like public enemy and you know eric b and rakim and like rap tapes and then i had like old sort of like soul There used to be these like soul compilation bootlegs you could buy down like camden and like places like that that would have like all james brown type you know all of that yeah. stuff, like sort of diggers one hundred and one stuff. Yeah, classic. you know what I mean. Yeah, like, yeah. like yeah. my all the all the essential. It was. Like, I think it was that like, slightly before our breaks, generation. Exactly,
1: yeah. like, our generation was like for me. It would have been Snoop Dogg doggy style. You know, that was the generation yeah, exactly. we came up on. And then, like the Public Enemy stuff was slightly before then, wasn't it?
3: Yeah, but Public Enemy was like. I wasn't even 10 yet. You know, that was like eight, nine years old. That was, I I just mean in terms of like remembering tapes that you played back to front, back to front in the wall. You know, those albums where if you hear a song and then the song that's not after it on the album comes on, you're like, well, that's wrong. You know what I mean? (laughs) You're so used to you the order. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, But, I mean, I used to buy pop seven inches. I think I used to get 50p. A month or a week to go mm. to our price because they used to have these singles that were discounted to 49. Yeah, yeah, the our price in man, the bin, yeah. Shit, yeah, yeah. And so our price, I big up our price because yeah. I bought a lot of seven inches. And the funny thing is, when you're that age, you don't discriminate between genre or style or anything like that. So I, I, I would buy like David Bowie or Madonna or whatever at the same time as listening to like weather report at home in my dad's yeah. collection or yes. like, what people would consider really sophisticated music but i but you don't think of it at all mm-hmm. like that it's mm-hmm. the same thing for you you know what i mean so so I, it started very early for me but to answer the, the question about like where did it really get started with djing it's probably like 13 14 is when i fell in love with dj culture and records and um radio where would you
2: go to buy your like vinyls and stuff cuz i used so, to go yeah, yeah. Like yeah. um
1: And what was the what was the music of choice? Jungle. Yeah. Nice, Would you go yeah. black
3: markets? Black Market and Unity standard. Yeah. And then if you're feeling if you're feeling like a really like away trip, like yeah. not a home game but an away game. Yeah, yeah. You'd go to um section five, King's Road. Yeah. But yeah. that was kinda like um but I, I actually, you know, the funny thing is about London then is that I'd never been to the King's Road until I went to section five. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can kind yeah, of man. like live in these, like, you live in the arteries of way, of your life, don't you? You don't live in, you know, and I'd never spent any time in that part of town. So I remember trying to find section five. And I was like, oh my God.
2: That's like I'm when I first went to Croydon, <laughs> I went Big Apple. And I was like, that's the only reason yeah. I would go. Oh,
3: there's no need to go to
1: Croydon unless you're, yeah, like at that time. But
2: that's Big just... Apple was amazing when I went in there. I was like, fucking hell, they got everything. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. It was a good vibe Sorry. in there.
3: So, yeah, like Soho was the pilgrimage. Benji, sorry to interrupt. Like where, where, where were yeah. you raised in London? In North London, but I've got, when my mum and dad split up, my mum was North and my dad was South. So I'm a rare Londoner that holds okay. dual passport. Yeah. I can claim both passports. Both sides. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah. I guess that, that um, helps, uh, uh, I guess, put together your sort of eclectic taste in different inspirations of like music cultures from London and stuff
3: as well, right? What I appreciate about London so much and probably took for granted until you know you get older is realising how distinctive the identity of different neighbourhoods is Yeah, man. you know what I mean and how strong those identities are and how they have such a strong feeling and then with the exception of places that have experienced radical change like Hoxton, sure. Shoreditch yeah, or yeah. Dalston or, or, or places like the, the cliche of that yeah, that yeah. whole thing apart from those places that identity has remained the same since I was a kid. Do you know what I mean? In terms of the vibe of places. Of course, they all change and they evolve. But the sort of atmosphere of those different Mm -hmm. neighbourhoods is the the kind of a similar vibe. And I love that about London, about how there's such different feelings in different places. And so you're right, yeah. I mean, it's it's, uh, such a privilege to have grown up here because of, you know, to be a citizen of London, you kind of, you're in the world, really. The world isn't, you know what I mean? It's like it's so it's such an amazing place in that way and musically you know the pilgrimage was always i said jungle because that was a dominant time dominant thing at the time i was buying records but sometimes i walk through soho and i look at the pavement and i think i wonder how many times i've stepped on this spot yeah (laughs) you know what i mean i wonder how many times i've walked through here because it used to be like unity black market soul jazz Mr. Bongo, Wild Pitch, yeah. Release yeah, the Groove, yeah. Wild Reckless, you know, yeah, um,
2: Reckless as well.
3: You know, yeah, and though all of those shops deserve a huge amount of credit, yeah. especially the people working in them, because yeah. you know that they're the they're the OG version of the you might like. customers also bought tastemakers (laughs) i guess they're the ones who
2: come in they play the tune and they go yeah yeah we'll take they're the tastemakers of the tastemakers yeah every
3: single dj that you'd look up to and respect would be walking in there and getting a pile that was hand curated by someone working in those stores you know so yeah i used to i used to spend at least two two days a week going record shopping Mm -hmm. you know I think I think when you get to that age where you fall in love with records, as it was for me at that time, it's like your version of drugs, isn't it? You yeah. you do anything to kind of you, you you're obsessed. Yeah. yeah. So like you'd sooner buy records than you would eat a good meal, you know. Um, but yeah, I think um a lot of that music was actually quite innovative at the time as well. You know, a lot of the sort of um, beat making that was going on in the UK and stuff like yeah. that. So there was it was all feeding into each other, wasn't it? Yeah, man. You know you had this kind of amazing melting pot of of being able to go out. And I just, I started going out very, very young. So it started for me, I don't know, I was going out at 14, 15, hearing, you know, DJs and and just like a sponge, just soaking it up, you know. And then Blue Note, and then Blue Note just blew everything out of the water. Yeah. That was like Monday night. You could go see Abhishanti there. You could go to Stealth. Go to um, the Mo night. Go to mm. Giles Peterson's night. Go to obviously Metalheads. You know there were so many things at that space, and then you had Bagleys, and you had the Cross, and you had all these just like you know amazing club experiences. So I think I am um, a child of clubs and radio, basically. That's Fucking my. Hell.
1: It shows how important it shows how important it is just to just to go out raving and and yeah. for you for for when you listen to you being a fan of what you do that makes perfect sense because you literally just went out there and soaked it all in and, yeah. and and it's such a simple act you're just going out you're just going out yeah. and, and and viewing it in a way do you know what I mean and yeah. listening that's all but, but it's so but, but important
3: but for me it wasn't like the socialising aspect of it was a was a welcome bonus but like it wasn't yeah. the primary thing to get me out wow because you'd go to hear stuff that you didn't already know of course like if you heard your favourite tune then that is amazing as yeah. well like that's yeah. great You'd also go because you knew that you know so and so was going to cut some new dub that was you know like yeah yeah that's my university basically that's the university yeah, yeah. that I went
2: to. Tunes would break in a rave rather than yeah like now online or whatever and yeah and on pirate radio yeah yeah hundred yeah. percent man yeah. But I remember hearing songs in a rave and they're straight away going like I don't know the name of it anything but I need to get that on vinyl. And, but, and I'm not going to DJ to anyone, but in my bedroom, yeah. I need that tune. Same, same, exactly the same. I was, I was
3: uh, you know, I'd go into uh, Unity Records and be like the cliche of the guy singing the tune or saying yeah, the yeah. name of the tune and they'd yeah, be yeah. like, stop listening to Kiss FM or whatever. You yeah, know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because in those days, tunes wouldn't come out till a year after, you know. Yeah. So. Here you
1: Hugo, what, what did you do in a record shop once?
2: Uh, <laughs> I just said, have you got uh, that tune, uh, Jipe, Jipe Funk? Hype punk, or whatever, and then they all started laughing and were like, Hype funk, and they got yeah. <laughs> everyone in the shop laughing at me. But
1: that's how you'd have to do it, isn't it? you'd have to like just sing the bass line or, or the little sample or anything.
2: Yeah, yeah, I remember as well doing, um, uh, I've forgotten the name of it, you know, Mom 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 doing yeah, that to yeah. them, Femo Mass. Yeah yeah, 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 and they're like,
3: Yeah, you go. <laughs> I, I swear, I'm like the human Shazam. Yeah, let's do that. Let's do some hu- Shazam. I'll, I'll tr- give me some tunes and I'll human sh- Shazam them.
1: All right then. A one
2: three eight track. There we go. You go. Um, we can get we can get
3: down. Uh, Myron, get down. Crew Chronicles remake.
1: Fucking <laughs> hell! <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was going to throw you off. <laughs>
3: That is sick, is this a skill set? Could I get employed with this skill set or no? yeah yeah, yeah, I mean, Yeah, do, do mastermind I mean, Magnus, Magnus and- I think
1: if the world's now a different place and we all need to learn new skills, I think that could come in handy. human Shazam, yeah, maybe that's uh, how the government wants you to retrain
2: <laughs> yeah definitely. yeah yeah, in h m v going go on, sing it, sing it. <laughs>
0: So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Yeah. Right about now you are locked into the legendary and Shit Podcast, lad. With Alan C and Mustafa. You go, and a nice little special guest. Yeah. So
1: Benji. So so it went from obviously yeah. you soaking all this in. Uh, so when did you first start playing out? I guess when did it start becoming something that could well, possibly be a career choice?
3: I used to dream about it. I used to dream about playing out, and I think like most people, the first time I played out, I didn't have two turntables yeah. at home. Yeah. So you know, having two turntables, you had to basically be loaded. Yeah, of course. <laughs> you know yeah, what yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. Or, or, be v- or be very lucky or whatever. So so I remember having a turntable at home and listening to music and then the first time, and understanding the concept of what it would be to DJ, but the first time actually doing it was in front of people. So wow. it's like learning to swim by being thrown in the Pacific. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. It's like, there so I went, I DJed at a place called The Dome in um, Tufnell Park. And I think I was like fifteen or whatever. And how did you get that? I, I how, got how this did, mixer. And how did that come around though? I can't. I, you know what? I think it was something to do with college, my sixth form college. Right. I think it was something to do with that. Mm-hmm. I can't exactly remember. It wasn't a cool night or anything. It wasn't like a yeah. public facing like cool yeah. night where I got managed to get myself a gig. It was right, like yeah. some, you know, people people doing their A levels. Yeah, of yeah, you know, yeah. It was yeah. that kind of thing. Talent or, show. Exactly. (laughs) no all i all i remember about that gig was that the gig couldn't exist until i got the dj zinc remix of um fujis ready or not oh yeah i remember that being a thing in my head like i don't care what i play for the rest of the hour set or two hour set or however long it was but that i need that tune sort of thing and i remember like queuing up on a saturday morning outside probably black market or somewhere like that and there was a guy with a van that would arrive with the white labels you know and i remember getting the tune And in my head, nothing could go wrong with that gig because I had that This set is sorted now. (laughs) (laughs) So I learned on my feet and I did a couple of gigs like that. And then I remember, um, eventually I did get two decks, of course. And um, I remember once at Blue Note, um, Patrick from DJ Food, which was basically an extension of Cold Cut, they had a night called Stealth at the Blue Note. Yep. And um, he needed to go, I guess, he needed to go to the toilet. And um, he looked at me and I was sitting on the stage and he looked at me and he said, what, what BPM is this, right? And this is like a, a long time before I had even considered BPMs or anything like that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so I just said 100. Yeah. I just guessed and I just said 100. And he picked out the sleeve and it had a little sticker he'd written on it and it said 100 on it, <laughs> right? And he, and he was like, well done, you're up. Raw. And I And I had to get up and DJ on stage at the Blue Note using his records. Wait, and, and that,
1: are we talking and, and, about, had you only DJed to Jungle before that, or at home you'd basically experimented no, with No, no, I played everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I played everything. Yeah.
3: I had, I didn't just buy Jungle. I, I was going out a lot to Jungle. Of I, course, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I was buying oh, yeah. like jazz, hip-hop, yeah. yeah, whatever. Old stuff, new stuff, everything. Yeah. So yeah, so I did that, and I remember that being a total baptism of fire. I remember standing up there and just absolutely shitting it. Like, not only am I DJing, in the coolest club in London, but I'm also playing out of someone else's record box. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And it was one of those things where you kind of don't want it to stop, but you can't wait for him to get back. Yeah. Yeah. You know yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. It's like yeah, playing a that.
2: football match when you're younger. Like I wouldn't want someone to pass me the ball ever, but if I did <laughs> get it, then I'd be like, Oh fuck it. I'm going to try. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. If it went well, like sick. I love football.
1: But it's the, it's the yeah. ultimate thinking on your feet, isn't it? Like what we were talking about earlier. Him throwing you in a yeah. deep end, you're using his, like his records and you just got to yeah. come up with something.
3: But at that time, like you're saying, where does it all get started? I mean, like, all I thought about was records. Yeah. You know, I often say to people, like, now, you have to be in love with records. Yeah, You have to be in love with, you know, you can't just be in love with the idea of DJing. You yeah. have to be in love with the records.
1: Sure, yeah.
3: You know? And, and that's not something that changes. You know, I, I'm the opposite of the person that says, oh, it was better when you had to search, go across London to find one record. No, it wasn't. That was shit. <laughs> yeah. You know that's what long. I mean? It's like, it's really long. Yeah. It's really cool that I could say, oh, check this tune out. And you'd be like, get it. But yeah. it does make you have a different relationship with the music. And that's a whole conversation of course, yeah. separate, that you could do a whole podcast about. But whatever the era is, the principle remains the same. You have to be in love with the music itself.
1: Just being a massive fan of the music and the best DJs are. I mean, look at like, like one man, you know, people like that. They're just obsessed. One man technically
3: unbelievable. Like, obviously one man, you know, Steve, is um, gifted to start with, but you can't just rely on the gift. Like someone that DJs as well as he does has spent, Tens of thousands of hours doing it. Hundred percent. You know what I mean? It's like and not, when you hear him play, it's amazing. He's and not so, only that, Benji, so...
1: just like you, tens of thousands of hours listening to loads of different tunes and becoming obsessed with with different genres and, and, and trying to understand them and, and that yeah. they're not there's you know, there's not a lot of DJs that do that, you know, and that's that, that's the only reason I brought him up in this conversation because of what you're talking about with the you know crossing genres and (laughs) and, and understanding it all and And it's
2: confidence as well like one man will drop like he'll play grime but then he'll drop an african fella cootie beat in there Mm -hmm. and like a lot of djs might be afraid to do that like i would be afraid yeah Yeah. i was just in love with that
3: culture i was in love with record shops i was in love with the community of it Mm -hmm. because the community of it is as important as anything else and Because I didn't always have mates at the time that had the same taste. Sometimes I did, you know, but a lot of the time I was, when I was at school, I was in a different place to Mm -hmm. where people were musically, you know, I was on my own wave. And so I'd go out alone a lot Mm -hmm. and I'd go out alone knowing who would be there? Is yeah, what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, 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 you were never alone because the community of people that went to those nights religiously, whether it be weekly or monthly, was your sort of extended musical family, and then through them you'd get to know more. So it becomes your you community. Mean, yeah, yeah, but like yeah, I, I think it's
1: definitely really important though. That that I mean it's probably was a lesson in the fact that you know i mean being a dj you do have to be on your own two feet you're not sort of reliant you're not in a band do you know what i mean and like doing that from an early age probably built you in that way do you know what i mean I
2: i felt that community um especially not me but my friend who's a producer harry craze he used to go to a lot of dubstep nights and he would go on his own Sometimes I'd go with him, but every time he was there, he'd just bump into so many people. Well, forward and
3: DMZ and places like that are a yeah. perfect
2: example of Like Mallor, those Ooh,
3: guys. Scenes like... that are as strong as that, you're literally going you're not gonna see the same couple of people, you're gonna see the same hundred people. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And you're gonna see you know, I always used to say when I started my night in London that the biggest compliment that I could get was the fact that people would be there on their off night to check out yeah, music and yeah. to talk, you know. So when you look out and you'd get producers and DJs or artists musicians whatever just coming down to hang out and check out music there yeah. is no greater compliment than that
1: 100% yeah. yeah so let's talk about that let's talk about deviation like how did that start at, and and, uh, and when did that start in in your sort started of journey in 2007 yeah
3: Basically, you know another cliche that that people say is if you don't read the book that you want to read, write it or if you don't see the film you want to see, or in your case, yeah, yeah. there's not the sitcom on t v that you'd like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah yeah, make it yeah. you know and and that was true, you know cliches it might be that was true for me. it was like at that time, I felt like there was a gap for what I wanted to hear um. There was a club in London called Plastic People that we found yeah, ourselves yeah. in. Yeah, mate. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there was loads of great stuff happening. Obviously, there was Forward, there was Yo-Yo. There was, like, loads of cool stuff. But in terms of what I wanted to do, like, I was doing a radio show on One Extra at the time. Yeah. I started my show on One Extra in 2002 when the station launched. And Sorry in to interrupt.
1: Whole... Sorry to interrupt. So how did you get into that? How did you get onto One Extra then?
3: Well, I was asked at the time... I had I got two calls, basically... One was before the station started, I got a call asking if I'd like to come and help build the station from a production angle right? and and sort of oversee it because I had quite a lot of experience in radio already by then. Yeah. Um, it was already my life. You know, I was yeah. doing production and um, I just spent a lot of time in the radio environment. Okay. And so I was asked to do if I wanted to do that. And then I got another call from a different exec asking if I wanted to do a show. And because of BBC rules, I don't know if it's still the same, but at that time, you're not allowed to produce and present because it's like a conflict of interest, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I went and started and did production and helped with a lot of things on that side, and then started doing a show, right? Basically, so yeah. I'd worked in radio. I worked at, um, in and around Kiss FM at the end of the '90s, what? and then when it um, was when it was a of... pirate, or, or when it had changed. No, no. It changed in ninety, it changed in nineteen ninety right right, right, right right. So it had already been legal a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But just to dial it back a minute, in, in that era that you're talking about, KISS FM in the mid nineties, right in the middle, like ninety-five, ninety-six, was the best legal radio station by miles. Yeah. yeah. Like you had well jungle wise, you had everyone. Obviously you had Fabian Groove Rider and they were already sort of breaking away doing the drum and bass thing on Fridays, but Wednesdays yeah. you had like um frosts. Kenny, Ken, I remember, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know, you name it. There, you know. And then, obviously, I had Max Alex and Davey J doing the hip hop show. Steve Jackson, Bobby and Steve doing house. um, Cold Cut, uh, Jazzy B, Colin Dale, really underrated. Colin Dale, amazing. Rodigan for a time, I believe, before cancelled. Joey J, Norman J's brother. Okay, and Giles Peterson. Yeah, who basically whose whose show I taped religiously every week and then got involved with producing his show from ninety six that, makes, that until makes a lot of sense man.
1: I always say yeah. you're like, you know, our generation's Charles Peterson, man. So that makes a lot of so, sense. Yeah.
3: To have that access to those DJs that were that credible. I mean all the people I just mentioned were like spearheads of their own scene in different ways. Yeah. yeah. And, and so, you know, to have that mixed with the London Pirates yeah. um you know was an amazing that's my school, you know, that's the school Definitely. I went to. Yeah. Uh, before, I never went to university I, I after um, A-Levels. I, last day of A-Levels was my first day of work. I went to work at a production company where we produced shows for, like, all different stations, commercial and BBC. And so I had a bit of background in... I just wanted to be in and around radio. And so it, when yeah. I think about it through this conversation, I've basically been in a live radio studio every week since i was 16 which is right. wow nice. even yeah. now even now yeah, until it, it's your own one yeah <laughs> i just did the show which is weird because you just mentioned action bronson yeah and we were talking about the wire yeah. and literally like two minutes before we started i just finished the show and the first track on action bronson's album has a sample of the greek from the wire yeah
1: man well that's how it came up he was talking it because oh, okay
3: his his
1: producer name is the greek so if gotcha. he if he finds a, I mean, not he doesn't make beats, but if he finds a sample or anything, and Al flips it or Darren just flips it or whatever, then then he his credit on it is the Greek in it. So that's probably why he's used that sample.
3: Ah, uh, knowledge. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so I started on One Extra in two thousand two. I basically yeah. got offered to start my own show. And Amazing. I'd want I'd wanted that forever. So
1: so that was that was uh, the first moment where you stepped. From behind the scenes,
3: basically, right? Well, I think I'd done a bit of covering before. Right. And, you know, I'd done it. I used to do a lot of, a hell of a lot of ghost DJing
2: for people. Yeah, um, Ghost DJing.
1: I've never heard that, man. It's yeah, it's yeah, like,
2: like what of I was telling you about the other day that I had to do.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's sort
2: of like,
3: that, um, <laughs> no, <laughs> no one can ever talk about that. That's <laughs> like the the dressing room secrets yeah, kind of vibe. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. but um, I used to do a lot of compilations and do mixes for people and stuff like that you know and and all of that because I was I was that kid whiz kid kind of you know you've got that when you're at that age where you've just got that magic and you've kind of yeah. got that encyclopedic knowledge of what's going on and you can DJ and you can, and you can understand like technology and yeah, yeah, to, exactly. you know, you, you just, you're just at that stage where you're just Are we like everyone get that on a CD. Yeah.
1: yeah. I'll tell yeah. you what, Benji's put all the fucking work in. Should, you know, you know
3: <laughs> as long as you, know you play what? these. You joke, Hugo, that you joke, but that is literally something that would be said. I'm sure. <laughs> so I'd already done, I'd already done a lot of that. And then I got asked to be on one extra, which was... A dream. I think that, you know, what was really interesting is like in the 90s, Radio 1 wasn't cool, you know, at all. No. And then obviously towards the end, they got like Pete Tong and Westwood and then they slowly started to get, you know, people and then Charles and the revamp and everything. But I think that nevertheless, you know, if you're a footballer, you know, it's Real Madrid, isn't it? You know what I mean? It's like... If you, that's in the that's in the back of your mind, Radio One was always that. So I think that subconsciously, anyone that's on the radio wants to be on the biggest station in Europe. Yeah. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah. like so. For me, I did eight years at One Extra from two thousand two until two thousand ten, and this week celebrated ten years on Radio One. fucking Congrats, mate. That's amazing. Yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah. I didn't even know. To be honest, someone texted yeah. me and said Cong- <laughs> <laughs> congratulations. Yeah, <laughs> ten yeah, yeah. Years I didn't know. <laughs>
1: Benji, how did um, where, where did the producing come into it then? Uh, like as in producing tracks? Because didn't you didn't you do stuff with Kanye?
2: Yeah, yeah. So how did that yeah, all come I mean, about? And and I'm, a, and I'm a Kanye stan. Yeah. Okay.
3: Well, um, in 2011, I got a call from his team to go and work on what would become the start of Yeezus. Yeah. And it was pretty much based on my show. I think you know, like, and they wanted specifically at that time, they were you know, really into wanting some vibes on Detroit techno and Chicago house Mm -hmm. of which I've got, you know, got for days, but that then sort of like totally morphed and developed into a much wider involvement based on my whole musical taste and stuff like that. So yeah, I flew out to Vegas in 2011 when they were in the middle of the Watch the Throne tour and literally landed like half an hour before the gig. And that was my introduction to the whole thing. Wait, and you, you had there. no
1: link to it all before? That just came out of just, that was your well, first? Well,
3: basi- basically, I think Virgil, who was working yeah. with him as creative director at the time yeah. and, mm-hmm. you know, um, was a fan of the show and had emailed me a lot. And right. so, um, and, and and had contacted the show back and forth. But that was my first time meeting him, yeah. Wow.
2: No, man, man how powerful
1: is... that obsession with just listening to loads of different types of music and you know being the best in your craft just gets people looking at you. do you know what I mean like you're literally doing it for the love of the music and then someone from a completely different world
3: well that at the time the people in those rooms you wouldn't believe it you know mm. i mean you i mean the people that you just walk in in the morning and and not just music either. From every field, right, you know yeah. what I mean? Whether it be film, fashion, yeah, sports, yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um that, Russell Crowe, Sci so High that, the Prince. <laughs> just, what the fuck? <laughs> the, the, the thing is, is that that's the thing that, bind, you know, when you go out there, you think, oh, I'm not quite sure what to expect. And the thing that you can expect is exactly what you just said, which is that passion for music is the thing that binds everyone in that room. Yeah, You, you know, so everyone's got a common thing, which is just, living and breathing music you know so when you play like a sick sample or a new James Blake song or something that's interesting the whole room's like whoa what's that do you know what I mean it's not yeah it's amazing it was an it was an amazing environment and and it continued
2: through to to the Pablo record and yeah Yeah, man yeah I mean we could do a
3: whole podcast on that but but... yeah Jesus
2: album has some like just unexpected well I guess Kanye is always unexpected but like Arca on it and yeah like
3: um and hudmo yeah
2: hudmo and there's who's the other um english producer on there evian christ yeah evian christ sick yeah it was a really really
3: important cast what i respect about it is that i'd play a hudmo track and they'd be like instead of going let's make something like this they'd go call him do you know what i mean so so instead instead of going oh let's use this as a mood board to rip it off they'd be like call that guy let's get the best people in."
1: in that field to, yeah, to, yeah but it, was, it was it was
3: it was a blessing like for me it was an opportunity to witness creation at the highest level with some of the best minds in the world where oh, yeah. every idea is valid you know people are coming to the table with all sorts of different things yeah you know what i mean and a lot of it didn't make it and some of it did you know but it, loads sa- of it sounds that like never such made a, a load, you know
1: like an open non-judgmental creative atmosphere you know what i mean 100
3: percent that's, that's I mean, incredible and if you brought something whack it was definitely judgmental <laughs> <but. laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah lucky you're all but, fucking
1: sick like, it's very non-judgmental yeah, but we get but, the sickest people in the world
3: <laughs> but, <laughs> but, no but you're right though it's like you could come with you know there's no such thing as a bad idea it's just like yeah. well, what works let's it, try it, try, it. it and see yeah, if, yeah. try things try things out and stuff wow that that felt like the cutting edge and then the last two weeks of it the sort of most intense two weeks before it came out were at Shangri-La which is uh, Rick Rubin's studio in, in, um, in Malibu and that was just unbelievable because there wasn't many people then. Before, there was just loads of people all the time. And then it was like Mike Dean, Hudmo, Arca, Noah and me and a couple of others. And
1: That does sound like X Factor. Everyone getting cut out every week. <laughs> You're there at the finals.
2: <laughs> Randomly, Mike yeah. Dean's a fan of our show, man. He, he messaged- Mike Dean's a G. Shout oh, yeah, out to Mike yeah, he Dean.
1: follows us. That's yeah, it's
2: weird, man. Mike Dean's amazing.
1: And then so I'm assuming it's because Virgil listened to your show that you then got involved with all the Louis Vuitton stuff, then.
3: Yeah, well, we've 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 been friends for years, and yeah. and you know, I've DJed together for years, and I've invited him to come and play at my club and, right. and yeah. various, and he's been a fan of the radio show and 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 the nightclub
2: and the night, I should say, for years. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've been to and, the night, man. Have you? Yeah, yeah. I went. Like, Which one? It was about three years ago. Um, my friend Josh is a massive is a massive fan of yours and Deviation. 9. You're about to and, say
1: I'm a massive Benji B fan. Like, yeah. I mean, a <laughs> youth man. yeah. yeah.
2: Um, I went to one in jazz. I think it was jazz cafe in Camden. Yeah, Sick, man. I had a really good time. Good vibe. Everyone was super friendly. Like I'd never heard a lot of the music before, but it was, uh, I really enjoyed myself, man.
3: Wicked. That's good
2: to hear. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a vibe. I remember doing a night in
3: jazz cafe, but I'm going to go with yeah. it. <laughs> well, it definitely was a deviation. night. It might not have been jazz yeah. cafe. No, it might have been a different thing. I remember I got, waved (laughs) maybe that's why you thought it was jazz cafe yeah (laughs) um good night um no shout out jazz cafe or maybe i went to the wrong venue it was a good vibe though (laughs) mad it's like 13 years or 14 years or something it was 2007 to 2020 yeah 13 years 13th birthday this week wow amazing yeah that's what you were asking me wasn't it about 2007 starting the night yeah and it wasn't that good in london so we started it and basically to answer that question quickly Mm -hmm. I wanted to do a sort of physical version a night of my radio show. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be able to play the music that I was playing on the radio out, and there was nowhere that I could really do that properly and I wanted to have a residency and so you asked like ages ago before we got we went onto radio and then, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but you said like you know what made you do it and it's important because it's the same thing as like radio. It's like having all the DJs that I rated when I was a kid or let's say a lot of them, maybe not all of them, had a residency of some kind. And having a residency is really amazing as a DJ because it allows you to first of all have your own environment where you can really dictate what the tone is. Yeah. But it also makes you better because you're it's like doing push-ups. You know, it's like it's like uh sharpening the diamond or whatever the phrase is. It's like uh Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, you you have to be good and also you're your crowd don't suffer fools gladly, including you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You can't just roll out the same shit from last week. Yeah, or... yeah. And so it gave me a chance to really play what I was getting, you know, direct from artists and and, and from the radio and everything. And it became, it became too successful for the small place it was, basically, mm-hmm. which is a shame because the intimacy of that place was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was also part of the magic when it was at Gramophone. But, yeah, it's been going a long time now. We're not monthly anymore. We did monthly for exactly 10 years. Yeah. Which is an amazing achievement because that's that's hard, yeah. um, and then now it's kind of like, well, now it's never because of COVID nineteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to go what
0: illegal, was he mate. Say, yeah, 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 yeah.
3: Exactly.
1: Or,
2: or no. just oh, go, man.
1: go fully illegal, man. Listen, man, yeah. when it's back on, man, we got to roll through, man.
2: Yeah,
3: yeah. Please do. Um, no, but hopefully we will be able to do all of that again soon. I mean, it's too much now, man.
1: No, like, no. Come on, next year, man. We have got this. 2021 is everyone's yeah.
0: year. Wow, DJ Ostrich, why you stop the show? Well, I tell you, bro, this is the most important part. It's the question everybody wants to know. No, it is not what is your favorite jean fit. No, it is not what is your favorite size inch television. It's what is your favorite sandwich? Is it chicken? Is it shalami? Is it cheese? Is it ham? Is it pickle? Is it jam? These are all questions I'm sure you are thinking. But right now you're going to find out on the Challenge Shit Podcast. Yeah, baby, come on. Hey,
1: listen, man. Look, there's so much we can talk about. Um, But, you know, like, we're obviously running out of time. And like you say, maybe we can do a part two and shit, man
3: um i listened to a joe rogan podcast the other day it was three and a half hours bruv,
1: i know yeah
3: yeah he don't give a fuck anymore he's just going for it yeah you know, i mean i think there's something to be said for that yeah long form like when i listened to i listened to rick rubin talking to andre 3000 yeah. and it was like it was like 45 minutes and i was like what do you mean like don't, yeah. don't stop I want more like, of this
1: yeah i could do yeah. yeah yeah, yeah. it's got irishman sort of style I want every podcast to
3: be like The Irishman. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, admittedly, Andre 3000 talking to Rick Rubin is slightly more of a draw than us three talking, but nevertheless... <laughs>
1: Andre should go on
2: Rogan. It's, it's,
3: it's all
0: relative, isn't it? It's all relative. <laughs> yeah.
1: um, listen, man, um, one of the most important parts of the show, Benji, uh, that oh, yeah. th- the whole nation wants to know, is what's your favourite sandwich?
3: Mmm. I might dis—I might really disappoint here. God. I know because if I really like, I just what just happened in the short circuit of my brain, yeah. the CPU in my brain, yeah. was that I immediately tr- tried to draw for like loads of sophisticated answers to the yeah, of of question. Course.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. But
3: if I really search my inner me, my deep inner soul, yeah. it's a cheese and tomato sandwich. I
1: knew right? you was going to say as soon as you said you are going to disappoint. Cheese and yeah.
3: tomato sandwich with a bit of lettuce, like like just but yeah. like maybe like. Nice cheese. I don't know. Cheese, tomato, and a bit of lettuce with a bit of mayo. And maybe if I'm feeling really fancy, a bit of whole grain mustard or something in there <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. And what type of bread? That could even be on like a a really basic, like... Like Hovis white. Like, like white, yeah. white... Warburton. Like uh, oh, Some, baguette. white. Like, right. like, yeah, I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like a, one of those kind of like squashy ones. Yeah, 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 like yeah, yeah. Mark's, I don't know. Or got like a bit a of chew machine. on it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, um...
1: That sounds like a I mean, nostalgic you know, piece, though. That sounds I'd, like yeah,
3: no, it's that is a definite, it's yeah. a definite nostalgic piece. You know yeah. what that is? That's a sort of like driving my golf back from a gig, looking for like a service station sort <laughs> yeah, of fit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what that one is. But I think there's a bit of guilty pleasure in that. There's like I'm, 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 not mad at that sandwich.
1: No, do you know what? And my, my nostalgia piece is a, a bone dry cheese sandwich. It's just, Ooh. just, just fucking toasted brown bread, really, like almost burnt, with blocks of cheddar in the middle, no sauce.
3: That sounds like that sounds like any airport in Central Europe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Put me in
1: any airport in Central Europe, and I'm happy. The three questions. questions. And now for the last part of the show, Benji, and actually probably the most important part, more important than the sandwich, you've got to ask us three questions each. Oh wow.
3: That's cool. Basically, I maybe like maybe about us. You thirty. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs>
3: well, let's talk about radio because you know I can only assume that to make a show that is sort of making fun of pirate radio on some level mm-hmm. has to come from a deep love for it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And and so talk to me about the format of radio and why that's important to you both. And for me, and what influence that's had on you.
1: For me, my journey with radio was. Um, so, so the sort of garage and jungle thing was like really big for me. And I was more into sort of like emulating garage MCs, but spitting my own jungle lyrics and that. And I remember this one guy at school... Um, called Reich, Flow. Shout out, Rice Nice,
2: Reich Star. Yeah, Reich
1: Star. told me about this local pirate station called Rampage FM. But he was younger than me, and he used to talk a lot. So I was like, nah, he's chatting shit. He's like, nah, nah I'll take you down there. I was like, nah, nah. And then at this point, because it, it, it was at Effingham Junction before, but at this point, they'd moved to basically pretty much on my road, but on a gypsy site. Yeah. And uh, so I ended up uh, basically going down there with him there was no DJ for me uh, and uh, I was going on after like this guy called Steve A's garage set and and I used uh, a DJ hype instrumental mix and just did like an hour jungle mc on my own and then <laughs> yeah and then basically just had a set on there and then after about a year they got spun and it started getting hectic and hot and uh, Steve the guy that ran it uh, basically just, just stopped running it so so my mate Rice, who's the guy that took me there, he his family, his mum moved out the council flat he lived in because she got a fella and moved into some house or whatever. He was left with a flat. He's like 17 years old with his flat, electricity running through it and that on an estate. And uh yeah, man, we ended up starting our own station from there called Corrupt FM. And uh yeah, man, you start putting aerials and that, like running sets from there, did that for a couple of years and, and that so that so that whole lifestyle was my life for like, you know three or four years, basically. Wait
3: a sec. Are you telling me this for real, that the yeah. show's name is based on something that you really did?
1: Yeah. And I mean, I mean, I mean, I not never the character. I never knew that. The characters were more people that we'd have met or whatever.
3: And, no, of you know course. What I mean? but, but the, the name but the was name, something that yeah, you actually was, did. Yeah,
1: yeah, man. Because we was well into uh, Dog Pound. We was well into, like, apart from, like, Jungle and Garage and that, we was really into, uh, like, old Snoop and Dog Pound and that. And it was corrupt, and it corrupt and Daz so we're like yeah Corrupt FM and that's, that's where that comes from basically
3: that's amazing
1: Mad, it? Yeah.
2: yeah like you with tape packs and like sets garage sets and jungle sets I I don't know like it was school I've I connected with it I loved it Yeah, yeah. and I remember asking my uncle because my aunt is is a a she was a Radio One DJ, actually. Come on, shout her out, man. She was a legend. Yeah, Janice Long. And yeah. no way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: No way. You know what's funny? When we were talking earlier, not to interrupt you, but just right. as an aside for this, when I said no one really listened to Radio One wasn't cool back then, right? Then everyone would listen to Kiss and well, certainly where I was in London, they'd listen to Pirates and and Kiss. Certain, you know, Kiss is the only legal station. Duh, 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 duh. Uh, I didn't get to the end of that sentence. I was going to say with two honourable exceptions. Obviously one being John Peel yeah and the other being Janice yeah yeah you know because those were the two don credible broadcasters on that station for music heads amazing 100%. yeah
2: 100%
1: and she she paved the way for Janice for Lop. female DJs as well yeah definitely yeah. Uh,
2: inspirational like when i was younger house was full of cd's records and my uncle used to like make music in some capacity I've never heard it but like seeing all the equipment and the keyboards and all the records and stuff like they were my sort of go to if I had a question about music or whatever I would always ask them and um, I remember I had a, a tape and I was playing it in my uncle's car and I was like what are they doing like how are they doing this and he explained to me that they had two turntables and I was like fuck that's amazing and then he had a magazine, like an equipment magazine, and he showed me where they were on the back. And then as soon as I saw them, I was like, I need decks, I need these ASAP. And I had like I got like some real cheap ones. But as soon as I started getting vinyls and stuff, I was like, I, I want to be on a pirate radio station like those people that I listen to. And I was never on a good one ever, like, but I did, I, I was on one called um, Major FM like yeah. so, um, major FM, man. Yeah, yeah, like a sort of a bit of a crack house. Was that under the shutters? Actually, was that was in an old phone shop, but then there was yeah. one... Called, I wouldn't know. Oh, Reload FM. And that oh, was wow. it. that was in the crack house, yeah.
1: That's it, yeah, yeah. yeah Is that where you that, pissed in the corner? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah that was sick though. That was, uh, <laughs> that was my entry into the pirate radio land. That's amazing. <laughs> but it was fascinating. And the characters, I guess, from the show... In some capacity with people that. we've
1: met along the way, yeah, inspired, definitely, uh, definitely parts of it. Yeah. Um, yeah,
3: man. What question two, Benji? Well your characters say that um your characters are like so hardcore like we don't mess with anything that's not garage, right? Yeah. So you don't do you like so in that case what what top three garage tunes? Like there's a fire and you can only save three from the entire genre. Oh
1: shit, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so mine would be number one, um uh standard hoodlum issue um the, the remix the uh deep ones yeah yeah like uh, a that, snake like a snake yeah that one's hard yeah because i could just you know like as an mc from you know i know i'm not really now but that's that's what when that comes on i just want to spit um do you know what uh, probably one free eight trek as well because that's just yep. do you know what i mean uh, crossover yeah yeah exactly and that was my one of my, my favorite error actually that crossover error and, um, and <laughs> I always say this, but probably Baselick VIP remix, man. Just kind of epic. Fair play.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair play. What about you, Hugh? Mine uh, would be um, Hobson's Choice. Yeah, I knew that. Yep. Whole Sex. Oh, man, yeah. Of course. Cross, another crossover. Yeah. Argu- arguably the birth of another genre. Yeah, yeah it's true. 100%. Yeah. Like, sh- shuts any rave down. Till this day. Yeah. Never gone out of style, yeah. in my opinion. And... Maybe dem to destiny. Oh, good one. Destiny. Definition of two step that one. Yeah, yeah, man. yeah. Yeah, Hard. Yeah. So yeah. I'm I'm fine with those answers. Yeah.
3: Very <laughs> <Bury> man. <laughs> Sounded me. like you were convincing yourself.
2: Yeah, 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 it yeah was. Yeah. I was like, oh, maybe there are some others. Tell it
1: talking um, to Ben B, worrying that it's not obscure enough. Yeah,
3: but <laughs> I'm trying to think of like a silly question now. All right, favorite favorite um favourite trainer silhouette of all time. Oh, do you know what? It's kinda
1: of easy for me now. At the moment, because it's all I've been wearing, and I, I know Air Max ninety fives, man. Ninety fives. Yeah.
3: MX Max ninety fives. Yeah. For me, it's just yeah. Fair play. Timeless.
1: It's, it's timeless. It's something I grew up on. It represents a time for me, but it's still valid now. It's a it's a solid trainer. It's a it's a boot. Do you know what I mean? And it's got some sick colourways. So that's me, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm going go. to say it as well. A little Stussy remix Oi. as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sick. <laughs> Amazing. Brilliant. Wait, listen, man, thank you so much for coming on. The last question we ask all of our guests is, are you our new best
3: mate? Obviously. Come on. Man Come like on.
1: TV, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> thank you, man.
3: Thank oh, you. Thank you. This is the outro. See you later. And good luck.
0: Stay lucky, boy.
1: Stay lucky, boy. Easy. how you feeling?
2: Yeah, good, man. That was yeah. a journey. I yeah, feel man. Like I know so much about Benji B now. I know, man. Yeah. Solid gold guy. team. Yeah. yeah. Solid gold, platinum.
0: Yeah, yeah. Double
1: disc. Exactly. Double Ds. Yeah. Exactly. Not double discs. Ds, yeah, yeah. <laughs> disc, yeah. But yeah, man, big up Benji B, man. I learned yes. so much. It was an amazing conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. Look out for his radio show. Uh, yes. Obviously, legendary. I mean, you must know about Benji B. Once Deviation, once his nights are back on, make sure you hit the nights. We'll be down there chilling. Yeah, exactly. every week. Yeah. In their max 95s. Exactly. Yeah? All right. Big it up, you lot, man. Make sure you keep it locked, and we'll see you next time. See ya. Hey, yo! Hey, yo! Will everyone shut the fuck up? Fuck up! I want to give a crazy, stupid, dope fly shout-out to everyone involved in this podcast. Nah, fuck
2: that. Who's the brain that produces this show, man? Man like Rupert Magending. Yeah. And who's the audio editor? James Torrance, in check it. House. Who's the video editor? Ha-ha, <laughs> James Law. And who does all the uh, illustrations? It's Alison
1: in the Ink. Mad on the visuals, bruh. Shout out all the posse down at ACAST Laboratory.
0: Hip-hop, hip-hop. Am I right, hustler? You're not wrong, Playboy by Valentino.